looking at? Hello, friends. Please be aware that this podcast is intended for adult audiences. It's rated E for explicit language, not E for everyone. If you are looking for a Hudson and Rex podcast. (laughs) If you're looking for a Star Wars podcast. Are you looking for a Hudson and Rex podcast still? (laughs) I feel like you are. Or are you looking for a Star Trek podcast? Oh, <laughs> either way, this is not, not the, podcast the podcast for you. For you, I'm it's Sarah. For that, us. It's for us. <laughs> Just us. <laughs> Just us. Just us. <laughs> I'm Sarah. That's Haley, <laughs> and we welcome you to rewind the Star Trek podcast. Folks, before we get going on a whole whack of jibber jabber and absolute nonsense, we would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Fansets. You know who Fansets are. They create those great trick pins and pins from the world of Scooby-Doo and Irwin Allen and Harry Potter. Got a chance to meet these people when I was in Vegas and the stuff was just gorgeous and love that they support us and we love supporting them and to help keeping that with going on because I can barely talk (laughs) is uh buy some stuff and then go in with that special code trek geeks all in caps with no spaces at checkout and you'll get yourself an extra 10% off your order just do it already what's your problem you got you, just, you gotta do this. I mean, it, it's it's the smart thing to do, especially this time of year, because holidays are coming, and you know you want to get your friend a pretty bitchin' pin from Fansets. Thank you, Fansets. Their pins have character. Roundtable. <laughs> roundtable. I would love for you to start the roundtable section, please. I'm gonna have a gummy bear. Do it. I'm so happy that I'm a gummy bear, gummy bear. So I got nothing really super exciting. Someone went on a little trip to a little uh, convention that we'll get to after that. But um, what do I have? What's new and exciting? I started swimming. John got me swimming in the ocean. So there's like this area near downtown where I live slash we live. and um it's about two kilometer walk the it they've totally cleaned up like this inlet it's beautiful they've got like a dock and a floating dock far away that you can swim to this isn't where the cruise ships come in then no that would not be safe (laughs) (laughs) that is not safe and it is not clean um so yeah i've been like swimming every day and the water temperature is like well, it's the ocean, so it's like slightly cooler than you would expect. But there's, it's also in an inlet, so there's like warmer water on the top. We did make the mistake of going in once when the tide was coming in, and it was like a mo- oh, it was so freaking freezing. Plus, we were getting pushed away. Oh gosh! Now, is this a busy spot? Are other people it hip is. to the drive? Okay. Totally, and like dogs, people with paddle boards people with just like a blow up donut with a drink holder in it um everyone is super chill like kids um older people people swimming on their own people just like going to check it out like it's just lovely so i've been doing that yeah so it's been super nice you can't see the bottom which i hate but um and so i don't actually put my legs like straight down because i'm sure i don't know human hands are gonna grab me i saw a seal Ooh. I know. You saw the singer or Oh, I wish. Well, it could have been from far away. My vision isn't that good, but <laughs> he's still holding his breath. If, it's from uh, Rose. Yeah. But name one other song he did. <laughs> uh crazy. There's actually, you know what? One of one of the first times John and I kind of hung out, we were on Kit's Beach and this guy was playing like Seal's greatest hits. He played like the whole CD. Amazing. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this song. Dude, this guy's amazing. And then I like wondered what he did to Heidi Klum to make him or her leave. I don't know. 
it's not my business. It's not your business. <laughs> but um, anyway, so that's kind of, that's going on. I'm doing a lot of outdoorsy things. I have like a sandal tan. Oh my, my God. I've never in my life, never. Anyway. Someone's not uh, wearing their it. socks with their sandals. <laughs> I know. That's for fall. Um, speaking of which, can you even believe it's September tomorrow? Oh, fuck yes. Oh, get your Thank white out. God, I've already started making Halloween decorations and I'm not even going to be home for Halloween. That is so funny. I don't give a shit. I'm just ready for it. It's been hot. Awesome. It's, it's been, been so hot. hot. And it's like, I, I love the summer. Don't get me wrong. It's just that it's the end of it now. And all my plants and flowers are dead and it's just unfresh yeah. at this point it's i want fresh some, it's not fresh like i go for a walk in the rain. woods and it's like you just run too fast you're gonna spark a fire and burn the place down like it's just i want fresh west coast rainforest foggy i want that for a few months and then when december 1st hits i want to jump to april or march <laughs> you know i just don't i don't want the yeah. bullshit of january february where it's freezing cold, Christmas is over, you're paying your Christmas bills, you know. Your Christmas bills. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Do you have a favorite time of year? Um, I, I do love late spring, early summer. Just because like now that I have a backyard and a garden, I get really excited that things are starting to blossom and it starts to look pretty because it's the end of a depressing winter and you know you're going to have like a lot of time ahead of you some nice like lighter days but there is something about spooky season that i love like i like yeah september october because i think of like when i was a kid it'd be like an exciting new school year new tv shows like it's kind of a new year for i always look at september 1st as I the always new year. Think, i think so too yeah i always think so too i try to do a little bit of like I don't know, like, I always remember, like, in school, like, trying to, like, reinvent yourself, like, maybe this is the year that I won't be bullied. Um, this is the year that I finally lose a little bit of weight. <laughs> is that true, Frank? Yeah, Frank's put on a couple of pounds, hey, buddy? Yeah. He doesn't care. He wants me to keep... He, I know, him. he's like, I'm not done. I'm not I done. put keep my scratching. arm on you. That's what you got going on. That's You're an got. outdoor I'm girl. You're doing good. Know, You're feeling girl good. Now. You're looking good. Yeah. Love it. So far, I am COVID-free because a few people have tested positive that were there. I took my test yesterday. So that's that. <laughs> Fingers that's crossed good. it stays that way. I hope nobody else yeah. gets sick or anything. But, you know, it's Vegas and it's... I'll keep talking about me first. Work is work. I bought my tickets for Disneyland this morning. <laughs> so when we go back on our trip in November, we're going to Disneyland for two days. And I just decided to get a hotel too, just so we can be like right there and we can actually oh, yeah. get a full money's worth instead of Ubering or driving or not being able to drink. Cause we want to go to this Trader Sam's Tiki bar and they make them strong there. And we want to be able to see the fireworks. So I figured get like one of the cheaper hotels. that's right by there for totally. the one night. Cause we're staying with Juana Maria. So I'm very excited for that. And as a result, I want to do a rewatch of multiple Disney animations. So I'm starting started with snow white on my oh, lunch break today okay. and i'm gonna do that and watch like a bunch of them and just go like i made the joke about like okay i was in star trek mode now i'm in disney mode and then for christmas it's harry potter mode so that's, that's i where like I'm it at. I, like I like it, it. too okay vegas oh. first thing i will say about vegas is i i I've always been a big fan of Las of the city of Las Vegas in in Nevada in the state of Nevada in in America. Um, <laughs> it is so much more stupid expensive now than ever before, and it's dirtier than ever before, and absolutely oh. scarier than ever before. I did not enjoy a single second of being outside walking from a hotel to another hotel. You're um, kidding. I, it, it, whether you're being accosted by people trying to sell you something or sign you up for something, or you're navigating around the homeless population, or you're witnessing people screaming at other people, um, kind of like you'd see in downtown Victoria, people who maybe have mental health issues or substance abuse issues. Um, it is so much more prevalent than it ever used to be uh i just didn't enjoy being outside um 
you know, there's a lot of sky like walkways and stuff. And, and, you know, we took the monorail one time, we Ubered a couple of times, but it was just like, it's sad. It's really sad. And I, uh, yeah. And everything's just like, you go to the little gift shop and, you know, a bottle of beer is $8 and you sit at the bar, you get a Bloody Mary and it's $16. so we would just run over to the Stagecoach, which is like a very sketchy little corner store right next door to Bally's because they were like, they had dollar little bottles of vodka, dollar Perfect. little things of Clamato. And we made our yeah. own Bloody Marys in the room with our cups. And then we got like super cheap beers there and stuff. But like going over there was literally across the street and it was scary. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Okay. So I'm going to do point four. Oh, yeah. Okay. Star Trek Las Vegas point form, baby. Day one, Thursday. All flights were delayed, but in the end, it only got us an hour late to Vegas. So oh, we arrived yeah. in Vegas like at one third. We were up in the room at two. Uh, oh. First thing we did was we bought some Bud Lights and a pack of menthols. And then we checked in, and the kiosk machine didn't work, and we had to line up, and we were so mad because we had been jerked around all day with lines and all that kind of stuff and then i turn my head and who do i see for the first time ever in real life bill smith oh getting coffee and uh did he know you were gonna be there he knew i was gonna be there they all knew i was gonna be there uh (laughs) and yeah what are they all oh my god what are you with anybody in this place oh my god i'm here for a star wars convention no um and then we did not do convention stuff, but we did our COVID check that day because it was really fast and easy and they just wanted proof of vaccination. Nice. And then we went to best friends at the MGM resort for dinner. And this is the place, the chef Roy from okay. that show, yep. chef show. He's the yep. one who invented the co or he created the Kogi truck. The, one of the first like successful food trucks in LA that does like the, um, Korean barbecue and Korean fusion and stuff. Oh my God. We, decided just to spend the money and get like the the sample of like almost all the stuff we had slippery shrimp we had kimchi fried rice we had barbecue pork and chicken and all these like pickled things and it was so good like i couldn't even move after like i was oh it was so good it was such a nice happy to hear it yeah, like to, like because you know you go to these places, you're like, oh, it's gonna be awesome, and then you're like, oh, it like disappointed. This place was restaurant, right? Exactly, it was fine. Oh my god, day two. Uh, I was second in line for a photo op with Mr. Ethan Peck, mm. and mm. let's talk about those pecks. <laughs> he is taller than I anticipated. He's a okay. bigger, like muscly, more than I anticipated. He is beautiful. And I don't know what else to say about it. Like he, That's- I, uh, and it was, I felt so bad though. Cause I made friends in line because like the, what was the size of the room for the photo op lineups? It would think of like the size of the, you know how like ESB was L shaped. We had like yeah. our back corner where we had the puzzle table. They think yeah. of like that one side, like not very large. And this is where they were trying to navigate. Like, I think they had like 20 photo ops in one day or 40 photo ops in one day that two volunteers had to try and organize. And the lineups were all zigzagging and everyone's hot because you had to wear a mask in there. And the AC was crap at Bally's, which never happens. Oh. And uh, I just kept being like, because I wanted to be first in a photo for him because. I knew things were running behind and I didn't want to be waiting in line for an hour just to be told, sorry, you're going to have to come back tomorrow. Right. Like I had my schedule plan that I was like, I'm doing it today because he was scheduled to do photo ops at like three 30 and he was on stage with the rest of the um, stranger roles people at four 30. Right. Oh, okay, and I was like, yeah. it's an hour. Like this is his first, like STLV. I think it's going to be busy. Yeah. So I made friends with people and in line and we just create, we kind of just created the line. We're like, we're starting Ethan Peck right here. And, it, and the guy was like, perfect. Thank you. And we're like, okay. And so I waited uh-huh. like an hour. There was no mirror in the little room and they like made all these other people wait forever for photos. And then they like cut it off and they were all so bad. Like people were, I saw people 
meltdown at this convention, like at the people that worked for creation. Like I saw people swearing and be like, it was fucking bullshit. Like, like just like people that were gold that were supposed to have priority getting like mad and people like bitch. Like it was so unorganized. And I don't know if it was because they didn't have enough. I don't know if it's that they didn't have enough volunteers because I saw them put out a post like two days before, like we want to hire some more people to help organize and set up. And then because it was Bally's and Bally's was small and Bally's was awkward. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was terrible communication throughout the whole thing. And a lot of people got really mad um, that they missed out on photos or autographs, or they waited in line only to be told after an hour that it's like, sorry, they're done. Um, Anyway, I got my photo and he was handsome and and he and I said he's like hi how are you I'm like and I didn't know if it was touching or not because some people had yeah. plexiglass some had masks and then some didn't have anything he had nothing so he put his arm right around me and he was like how are you I'm like I'm great and then I after right I was like now. thanks for coming and he's like thank thank you for coming and I should have said that's what she said or name of your sex tape but I was so flustered and I was literally almost physically pushed out of there so they get the next person in so I was like oh next time. And then I picked up my photo and I fucking hate it. And I hate, I, oh, it's like, why do I do photo ops? I hate, I hate it. Like I almost cried when I saw the photo. That's how much I hated it. And I was so bummed, but I have Um, the photo. You know, I was thinking the same thing. And that's why I was asking if Chris was doing the, the photograph. That's so cool. I, I was just like, he's a decent photographer um we've had good photos of him in the past except for the one with brent spiner and he know what he did and i'm talking brent not chris anyway um (laughs) i i also wonder why we we go for photo ops instead of just like an autograph and i think Mm. it's like we want more evidence that we touched them than just like a piece i don't fucking want a piece of paper with your ink on it and what am i gonna do with that exactly i know so it's almost like can't there just be like an in-between where like we just meet them yeah outside of the convention <laughs> i know went to margaritaville nice for for a snack and a happy hour i uh, saw it. anson mount rebecca romay him and all the other folks that were there on stage and they were awesome uh, i saw them on stage for myself uh because then after that i had to zip to an uber and run to meet brad because we had tickets to an nfl preseason game it was the patriots versus the raiders and what? we had seats that were like practically on the damn field like we had really good seats for the football game so oh we my god football game and then after we were gonna uber over to tommy rockers which is like an off the strip restaurant near the rio that was where the fan geeks party was you know the trek geek slash band sets party um yeah and getting an uber outside of that place was like not happening so uh we walked in the dark in the hot to tommy rockers took about a half hour it was not sketchy which was good but man oh man we get in there the place was packed the trek geeks event had already been happening for about an hour at that point uh it took forever to get a beer the like the two people working like were avoiding eye contact like they were so slammed they did not anticipate having a busy group of people even though these guys booked it like ages in advance yeah. but either way um it was a success anyways uh doug jones was there um as were a few other folks from discovery which is pretty cool we grabbed beers and we sat down with the guys from Divine Treasury, who we worked with. Uh, Mike nice. and Bill and Dan were there, obviously. And um, Marina was there. And yeah, a bunch of people. Like it was a sold out event, even though they didn't pay for tickets. But um, yeah. Then there was a really, really crappy band, play, like guy playing in the background, uh, which was super awkward. But um, yeah, it was fun. And that was day two. Oh, and after that, we Ubered to the Cosmopolitan and got secret pizza. Nice. This, this I'm glad is where you I did ta- that. This is where we talk about the Star Trek convention. All I talk about is the food. <laughs> Nothing the, about the Star Trek convention. That, this is what, giant Parmesan crisp. Like, this is right? what we do. This is what Carrot we do. Carrot coins. Carrot coins. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to turn this one off because we're running out of okay. time and I'll start a new one. And we're back. Woohoo. Stupid, stupid Zoom. <laughs>
Okay, day three. Stood in line for my photo with Ron Perlman. I was the third person to get a photo with Ron Perlman. I did the same thing as the other time. I was like, I am not risking missing out on seeing the cast from Picard on stage Mm -hmm. because of that. Then we went to Raising Cane's for lunch. That's that chicken strip place that I love. Oh, my God. I don't care. You have to tell me more about Ron. Okay. So um, (laughs) we were inside the room where the photos happened when he, like, walked out. And he, like, stood there. And, like, he looked at me and I looked at him. He had a nice button-up shirt on he seemed chill and just like i'm here to collect a paycheck and and, you know what i mean so when my time for a photo came up he was just kind of like hey and i was like he didn't razzle dazzle me like ethan did but i would never expect ron perlman to razzle dazzle either he's not that kind of guy no but on stage he was fucking hilarious like i brad and i were busting a gut he was like trying to hawk his book he's like i'll be out in the parking lot selling books out of my trunk of my car uh i'll knock off the tax you know <laughs> i can get one free um he basically, did he write a new book no it's the one that's been around for easy street the one's been around for a while that must but, be awkward for but somebody new like life. people came up to the stage and were asking about like oh you know you worked in a movie with marlon brando what's it like he's like i could tell you about it but just read the book there's more detail in it <laughs> Oh my god. And they're going through his body of work and it's like, oh, Quest for Fire. And he's like, Yeah, I was in that. <laughs> like he was such a smart ass. It was amazing. Yeah, I was and in he that. lagged on Nemesis. He like because someone made a comment about like the director, like a lot of people had complained yeah, about yeah, the, director the director not being great, right? And he was just like, shit. Well, you know, he gave it his best effort, but his best effort wasn't much, or whatever. Like he said something that was pretty like good. Oh my god. And then somebody, a woman was at the microphone and was like, oh, um, something about being intimidated or being gentle. Or it's like, don't don't be rough because he had made a joke earlier about being, and he's like, that's what they start off saying. And it was very much an innuendo that he's, women start off saying, don't be rough, but then it changes. And she was like, thanks for being gentle. And it was like, oh my God, if Haley was here, she would have lost her shit. He was so funny. I'm so glad I wasn't there because, okay, well, first of all, I probably wouldn't be drinking. So, like, I'd have a little bit of, like, um, common sense. But also, I would probably say some things, like I've said, in in the in those rooms with the stage you know mm-hmm. like you both look good or whatever um it would be <laughs> it would be one of those situations where yeah. like i would be laughing extra hard and extra loud <laughs> and then he would make fun of it and then like you'd find my body the next day in a culvert anyway it's, it's fine <laughs> i would suggest that you do a youtube search to see if anybody recorded it and wow like that good, he eh? was funny he good was for really him. funny yeah i wonder if he'll come back I don't know. The first question that the audience was some guy, the costume that you wore as Shin's on, because he kind of made note to the fact that he's one of those actors that's really well known for being able to do tons of makeup and be able to still do their job, right? Kind of like Doug Jones. Yeah. You know, like Ron Roman was like the Beauty and the Beast, Quest for Fire, like all these prosthetics. Like he's been a very heavily prosthetic character for a long time. True. And the guy was kind of like, so have you ever had sex in the outfit? Or like the Shinzon or or whatever character he was for um, Nemesis? And he's like, the Viceroy. He's like, did you you have sex in your costume or in your makeup? And he just like looks at the guy, he starts laughing and he's like, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was pretty funny. Good. Good. I'm really pleased. He was the highlight, to be honest. You know Um, what? You know, I have to tell you. So I have his book. Yeah. Can you give me, okay, can you give me like two minutes, one, like 30 seconds to pee, and then like a minute and 30 seconds to find something in that book? I will. It's worth it. All right. Okay. Okay. So you couldn't find what you wanted in the book. Classic Haley. Good thing we paused. It didn't have a long stretch of silence. Of me just chewing. (laughs) There is a story about this book. I flew all the way to Hawaii to get this book. Granted, I was already going there for a vacation, but I flew to Hawaii. I went to freaking like Barnes and Noble or whatever that store was, if it's even in existence anymore. I had ordered it online before it was even a thing and like picked it up, like opened it poolside and I see this like slag against Star Trek in the first few pages. And I go, mother. Yeah. I was like, motherfucker, are you fucking kidding me? Um, 
And it was about, it was like the, the usual, like Star Trek uh, fans or nerds or some, something incorrect about Star Trek. Like, anyway, I just kind of thought, Ron, what the fuck? Um, anyway, I guaranteed would have brought that up at the convention. Right. Yeah. Um, after that, we went to this party at the Delano. And this was hosted by um, a lovely couple, Amy and Simon, who had donated graciously to that Feed the Hollywood event. Remember the Trek Geeks guys did that big fundraiser with John Billingsley, Doctor who played Phlox? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Online. Like, so she was one of the big donors. And so she wanted to do like a little party and kind of kick off Trek Talks too. So it was open bar and lots of snacks and a beautiful view. And um, John Billingsley was there. Uh, Sirach Lofton was there. Anthony Montgomery hmm. was there. Rod Roddenberry stopped by. Nice. And um, Mike, Jamie, me and Brad were the last to leave because we got wrapped up talking to her. Um, she spent years retired from, I think, working at Skywalker Ranch. She knows George Lucas. She what? knows Steven Spielberg. She she had so many cool stories. She was such a nice, such a nice lady, um, as was her husband and their little dog. I think it was Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy was in the other room and he was like kind of came out yeah. all sleepy looking. We're like, oh, it's our cue to go. We should go. Jimmy looks like he's ready for bed. Um it was super fun. Uh Brad uh. Brad did a classic Brad dick move. <laughs> so, so it wasn't really busy. It was mostly podcast personalities. Like the like, uh, Yvette and Sabrina from Sci-Fi Sisters were there. Mike and Jamie, Bra- um, um, John Champion was there, and Heather was there. Um, so, so lots of people from the podcast community and uh, other people who supported the, the the fundraiser, right? Yeah. And so like, Sorok and Anthony and them were just like kind of hobnobbing with everybody and just asking questions and people are coming up to Brad like so who are you what do you do he's like I'm here with her like she's the Star Trek person he's like I don't know who I'm talking to he didn't know he was talking to the kid from Deep Space Nine he didn't know he was talking to the guy from Enterprise he had no idea Aww, yeah. Rod Roddenberry is like goes over to him and he's like oh hey uh, I'm Rod I'm Rod what's your name he's like oh I'm Brad he's like oh nice to meet you Brad and Brad's like so what do you do <laughs> <laughs> and Rod's like not much <laughs> Rod's like, cool. I'm like, you're such a dick. I'm like, that's Rod Roddenberry. He's like, what do you do? Oh, okay. <laughs> he has no fucking clue. He's like, yeah. like what do you do? <laughs> you're such a, what do you do? Like, I can't take you fucking anywhere, Rod. You're no so doubt. Crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So that Good was that him. class, I know, class act all the way. And uh, after that, because it was open bar, we were feeling a little loosey-goosey. Not too bad. Maybe I was. I was fine. But I think Brad was I think he imbibed. Uh, we went to In-N-Out Burger late. Nice. And as we were walking down that walkway at, at the link to yeah. go to the In-N-Out yeah. Burger, Robert Beltran walked by and I was like, oh, Chakotay. Talk like, about the fuck is that? snapper. Chipotle. And uh, you want to go to Chipotle? I'm like, Chico- <laughs> get out of here. This is why you have to come to the convention next year. Not him. Yeah. He's going to offend yeah. everybody and not take it seriously. Oh, he's like Ron Perlman. He's just slagging it all. No, it's no doubt. So what do you do? Oh, that's so good. Fucking classic. Um, and I, met, so I met actually two really nice girls there. Um, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but I've added them on social media. They're uh, cosplayers and they were cool. quite close with, um, oh, the guys from um, uh, Nerd Trek, right? It's, um, yeah. Jeff yep. And uh, Jeff and the crew. And the one girl really wanted to meet rod and she was really really nervous i'm like forget about it you you, you're not going to embarrass yourself we've already done that we were at a party at the mirage and Haley's like had the spray from the bathroom and said it's from the bathroom and like jeff was like i remember the story i heard on the podcast and i was like oh my god our stories are out there well and like i had no no shame i mean i i think that was the first time i had been in a bathroom with an attendant with multiple items to choose from and i was like holy shit like i've been in a bathroom with just like an attendant before but then i was like wait a second like i can use this and then yeah then then when he was like oh you smell good i'm like thanks it's from the bathroom shut up shut up Uh, push her in the pool (laughs) oh my god oh it was so hot 
Oh, oh the sweating. The sweating. It was so gross. The yeah, me it... crying when Evan left because I didn't <laughs> think he would make it home. He's like, I'll just walk. I'm like, you're at the fucking Mirage. You're staying at the Hilton. You can't just walk. You have to. Anyway, he made it. Fuck. <laughs> I'm glad you confirmed that for everybody years later. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that that was 10, 12 years ago? That was like. 11 years ago. That was 12 years a ago. long time ago. God. Did, did you just go to the pepper mill? No. I've never been. Still haven't been. You know what? It's not about worth it. it. It's not worth it. Just It's just fun to go to just because it's from that show. Jiggles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you want a podcast about Jiggles? <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. On day four, we went to Bubba Gump Shrimp. Yay. Um, and Batista's for dinner. I saw some of the Voyager cast on stage, uh, walked the vendor room, and then the Rat Pack show for dessert. I mean, that's life. What a dessert. Oh, oh when you fucking God. sent me that video, I was seriously like peeing, crying. Not really, uh, but you know. Yeah. Nana oh. Visitor joined them and sang this year. That's so lovely. Yeah. It was terrible, like in all the best ways. Like, it's the same cool. fucking jokes, the same fucking yep. people, the same fucking songs. I love it. I love it. It's like the highlight. Yep. Like, I was, like, shaking my head and, like, like palm <sighs> to head, like, embarrassed how much I loved it. And Brad was just, like, laughing because he, even he remembered the songs yes. from the other times. But, like, I think in general, it was, it was disappointing of a convention. Like, I don't, I mean, the vendor room was terrible. It was so small and they had so much of the space dedicated to the autographs that they were like, but they were significant autographs. So these people were lined up blocking vendors tables from people wanting to buy stuff because they were lined up for Sinequa Martin Green. They were lined up for Anson Mount. They were lined up for Jonathan Frakes. And those aren't small lines. And no. you know, you're trying to sell your stuff at your booth and like people are blocking it. And the Trek Geeks guys were in the corner and it was not a very big space for them. Um I helped out at the table a little bit. It was fun. It was I mean that was the highlight was seeing people in person, like yeah. getting to meet the guys from the nerd Trek podcast. Like I said, Jeff, Dave and Phil, Yvette and Sabrina from sci-fi sisters, Bill and Dan and Casey, Mike, Emily and Jamie um, ran into Baron. Saw yeah, Marina, so awesome. And then last minute ran into Mark. Oh, Mark. Right. So yeah. awesome. And he was like, he was more interested to hear about like Brad and are you guys going to SEMA this year? And like, yeah, apparently yeah, he has yeah. a house in Vegas now. He goes back and forth. Good so, for him. Yeah. So he seemed like he was doing quite well. I found him on Facebook and added him because I hadn't. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, I was like, such a nice guy. <laughs> such a nice guy. Oh, man. Oh, Your fucking girlfriend sent me a fucking death threat. Anyway, oh. um, <laughs> that was oh years my ago God. Too. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was another, it was another reminder of like, why did I spend three, four hundred dollars to sit in a convention hall that I just couldn't wait to walk out of so I could go to Bubba Gump Shrimp or yeah. so I couldn't wait to go see my friends, right? Like, yep, I yep. find that I'm just, I've seen everybody that I want to see, I've seen on stage, um, except for a few. Um, like the newer people and I got to see them and I stayed for those panels, like the strange new worlds and, and discovery people I hadn't seen on stage, but the fan questions um, mm. always bug me. Yeah. Um, everything was running behind and the schedules were terrible. And even though I'm pro mask and pro vaccine, I was very uncomfortable wearing a mask for those long extended periods of time in a room that wasn't very well ventilated. It was hot and it was uncomfortable. Oh, and I right. just was like, yeah, I just, I like the convention for the people and the parties and the podcasting yeah. and the networking. Um, I think I would probably never do a photo op again. I would do autographs just because then you get to have something that you take away and then you can always resell it later for cash. Um, I hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. do. But it was I like I, I was. It was also kind of a bummer because like there was barely anybody from TNG was there. Jonathan Frakes yeah. and Gates were the only ones. Um, John Delancey canceled last minute. There was no Marina, no Dorn, no Brent, no Lavar. 
um, which was kind of a bummer. Oh, um, yeah. And but I saw Sneeko walking down the hallway, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's Sneeko!" And she turned and said hi, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like she's like so cool. Yeah, I've loved her since she was on The Walking Dead. Um, oh, and I kind of like I went and supported the the podcast panel, and I got there a bit early because I wanted to make sure I had a good seat so I could get photos and stuff. And I was listening to the science, the guy from NASA talking about the Artemis launch, which didn't happen sadly, but talking mm-hmm. about space, and I'm like this is more what I want to do. Like the next couple of times is the quieter room with the smaller crowds where you actually get a good seat and like listen to some of the cool scientific panels. Like I've never really taken advantage of that. And I was like, really like totally into it. Um, I also think that creation people seemed you're on vacation, you know, like this is, this was our first vacation post COVID, even though COVID still exists, but like, you know, our first vacation, so I really wanted to have some fun and relax too. So that's why I also like held back on doing so much convention stuff because it's like Brad's there. Let's do some stuff. So we went to the NFL game. We did some wandering around and, you know, played some slots or whatever, drank and, and had fun. But like I watched so many people running and stressing and freaking out because you literally have four things happening at the same time. Every day, four days, you have the main stage yeah. You have photo ops, you have autographs, and you have the secondary theater. And there's actually two secondary theaters. There was one that had like the science stuff and one that had like fan based stuff. And so if you're trying to see any panel, but you're lined up for this, you're lined up for that, or you're trying to get this, then they're moving it last minute. And they didn't do mm-hmm. booklets because they couldn't get their schedule organized fast enough. So they're using an app. Oh, and the app, the Wi Fi was shitty. So the amount of money mm-hmm. I probably spent on data, like it was just like, you're just doing too much. Like, I don't like that they boast over 130 guests. I'm like, that's too fucking many. It you is have too 50 many. guests. Like, yeah. And you should spread it out that on like Wednesday, Thursday, this is the day for, you know, the scientific panels and these people. If you want to come early for that, you come early for that. Then they make this day the Deep Space Nine day and the autographs, the photos, the people are that day. And then like, or find yeah, a way to yeah. break it down so that you don't have to play Sophie's Choice every fucking hour like that's why i don't take advantage of all those extra things is because it's just impossible like i spent an hour and a half standing in line to specifically get my photo ops first because i knew i'd miss out on seeing people on stage because of my photo ops and because they went over and they were an hour late or this one was moved to the next day last minute and people didn't buy a ticket for that day and it's just like you're paying so much starts to talk about saudi arabia and the guy's like whoa <laughs> and I was like, Brad's pretty impressive if he lets himself if he's had a couple of drinks he's feeling extra confident he's got some stories he's got some bragging rights <laughs> I'm in okay. a couple magazines whatever Just, okay wait know, before no I forget I might be going to Bangladesh ooh when where what why tell me more mid mid December for like a handful of days to support John on a WHO thing it might be that like I'll actually be part of the project team and help facilitate. But basically it's to like do a a simulation and exercise and for like the whole country. Um, Anyway, so we'll see. He's talking about it with the team that would be accompanying him at eight o'clock tonight. Dude, that's so cool. I I I love it. I know. I know. Oh. Okay, let's move on. We have to talk about fist fisting datas. Um fistful of datas. <laughs> I wrote a synopsis for you, so you can read I it. Oh that. Thank you so much. Hi everyone. So thanks for tuning in today. Um we're gonna be talking about fistful of datas. Uh this is the synopsis that Sarah read, just in case you weren't listening. Here we go. Picard is jamming out with his flute. Play Freebird! <laughs> Picard is so mad he was interrupted, and in comes Jordy and Data wanting to do some intriguing experiments. Permission is granted, and Picard rushes them from his quarters so he can keep on rocking. But wait! He's interrupted again. Come. It's Bev. She wants to talk breakfast. How do you like your eggs? She leaves after insulting him with a two-line two-line role in a play. Up next is Worf, and he is unable to relax. He needs to relax. 
This is Worf at his sexiest by far. Worf, disgruntled and uninterested in spending any time with Alexander. He's such a dick. Also, Alexander. Q intro. Do I wait for the whole time? That's the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Wash your hands. You got eight minutes, then we have to end this one and start another one. All right. So here's the lowdown on what this episode is about. Alexander, Worf's much younger brother? No! (laughs) You said it! You're so wrong! Oh my god, you're so embarrassing! (laughs) How about this? Alexander, Worf's much younger son, who's also white, um, is demanding attention and to spend some quality time with him in the holodeck playing some country western roleplay. I've never been one for westerns, but when Worf walks, I mean struts in with those boots and that hat, well, slap me silly, pour me a whiskey, and get me a Garth Brooks concert t-shirt. I'm in. <laughs> what if I want Chris Gaines instead? The, I'm going to keep going. You've walked away, but I'm going for it anyway. The two familiarize themselves with Deadwood or Dead Town or Tombstone, wherever the hell they are. And naturally, because Barclay helped set it up for Alexander, there is a brothel. Classic Reg. Ugh, Reg. Always looking to get his freak on in the holodeck. What happens there stays there. Except for the carpet stains. (laughs) Father and co get into things. It's too easy and they up the difficulty level, which if that meant it was in Spanish or everything was upside down would be hilarious. But instead it just gets more difficult. And then Worf is saved by the sexy, the dangerous Deanna Troy. Seriously hot in that outfit? Like total babe alert. Did she say her name is Durango? Dodge Durango? Okay. So things are fine and fun until on the ship things get a bit too data if you catch my drift. And there is very much a thing called too much data. Riker's theater lines are now an ode to spot. People are replicating cat food left and right, left, right, and center. And classical music is now all about the place. What the fuck is going on? And now Data has a southern drawl. Oh, it gets worse. He shows up in the holodeck program multiple times. And he's <laughs> locked and loaded. <laughs> Fight. Oh, Saddle up. Let's lock and load. Stop it. Stop that. Just stop that. <laughs> Alexander is kidnapped. The bad guy, appearing as Data, wants his son back. The one Worf arrested in scene one. And then Worf gets shot. It's all out of control and totally bananas. They can't end the program. They can't stay safe. Data's multiple characters have all in android strength and stamina. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, Jordy, the crew, and the writers work together to fix the problem. (laughs) Save the day just before Worf was subjected to more affection by Data, appearing as the bartender lady who has been stalking the sheriff and slapping him all about. Worf learned a valuable lesson that he can have fun with his child and maybe he wants a Garth Brooks t-shirt now. The end. <laughs> Great job. That was so fun. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I think we have to end it there and start a yeah. new recording again. we got Do five it. minutes. All right. Kay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, hello. The things I do to avoid spending a little money on Zoom. Well, I was going to use the Trick Geeks one because they bought one, but then it's like, we've sent a one-time passcode to your, oh, that's not my phone number. (laughs) So either Bill or Dan's getting text messages and I'm just like, no, it wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't me. Uh, But she's coming on the counter. Okay. Thoughts on episode. Um, I like this episode a lot. It's not just a fistful of datas. It's also a few datas more. And I enjoy it. It's fun to Brent stretch his acting chops and have some fun. He must have gotten so bored doing the same thing day in and day out. Uh, same for Worf and Troy. I love him out of uniform and doing fun things and funny things. And I loved this episode when I was a kid. And it still is super fun today. It didn't annoy me. It didn't make me mad. There wasn't it wasn't too much data in a bad way it was good amount of data um i liked the storyline i liked the cat 
Um, yeah. And I like that folks were just taking some time for a little like work-life balance on this ship. Um, but I still think it should maybe have been a two-parter with Barkley coming in to save the day at the end, maybe. Oh, man. I could have gone for a two-parter for show. Oh. I have some I have some thoughts. Please. First, my first thought was another Beverly's Play episode. Oh, man. She's <laughs> like... So soon after Frame of Mind. Frame of Mind. Frame of Mind. Also, is that flute that Picard is practicing the one from Inner Light? Looks like it. Yeah. But wasn't um, there also in that... Was that the episode where there was also that person who had a rollout piano? Or was that like a different episode? Are you... I don't... It was a different episode. I can already tell you that right now. Okay. All right. I was not pleased to see Alexander. As a child, I hated Alexander. And as an adult, I also don't like Alexander. What don't you like about Alexander? You know what? I haven't really unpacked this. But now I'm starting to. I think as a child, I saw him as a burden to Worf. I thought that he was annoying and um, and distracted Worf from his duties on the ship. And I didn't think that it was fair that he uh, that Worf had was a single parent and what's up. And that's kind of that. Also, um, just the child is annoying. Um, I don't like his hair. I know it's traditional. I don't like it. I don't like that he was really like I don't I think it's a holdover also from that episode with the invisible girl where I don't like imaginary him either. Imaginary, imaginary friend. friend. No, it's funny you bring it up because like I I never liked Alexander that much either, but now as an adult and I see what a horrible father Worf is, I'm just like <laughs> poor kid. Like you know what I mean? Like there's a big problem in Trek with parenting. Um yeah. None of them have kids. Like a vast majority, not one captain has had children. Like maybe there'd be an episode where randomly I found out I had a son for a day and it was wrong and it was a Romulan clone or whatever. But like Kirk, Picard, um, Janeway, um, Pike, um, Sonequa Martin Green's character, like only Cisco had a son. Um, Beverly had a kid. Uh, Lower Decks is a, a mother-daughter duo on the ship. Um, Beckett Mariner and the captain. But um, not a lot, which I find to be interesting because in the most plainest of ways, Starfleet is kind of a future military in a way or like an extension of the military and when you think about military families and how much of a thing that is and the struggles of of relationships when you're away and you're distanced and you're not like i think there's just so much to explore with that like on star trek because they did it really well with cisco cisco was a fantastic father um beverly never really goes got a chance to really dive deep into the struggles of being a single mom whose kid is worlds away and you're in danger and yeah that's PTSD true. and the stress of this type of work like I just I think that's something we would see more now in some of the modern shows because they're yeah, more willing to true. go there with some of the mental health and the uh, struggles of whatever but yeah. yeah I just I just noticed that as an observation that there's never really been strong family parent marriage stuff you're so right and I wonder if yeah or is it intentional mm-hmm. and uh, yeah because it, it can't be intentional because like spoiler alert Triker and Roy Roy Triker. Troy get married um so marriage is still an institution they don't have children they do they have do. two children yeah. yeah so well, Beverly was married and yeah yep yeah. and I but mean like Janeway when she's catapulted into the Delta she quadrant, had someone had that guy and the dog the dogs Hello. I know. I know. What happened to the dogs? Anyway, okay. Right. Um, so I started with ugh, Alexander, double ugh, data, and then triple ugh, Western holodeck problem program. Why can't I speak? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like westerns. You got that right about me. So 
Um, and then I have this like sort of revelation as I'm watching it. I'm like a holodeck program. That's a Western. It's basically Westworld Westworld basically ripped off TNG. Who do we tell? (laughs) (laughs) For the Batmobile. So the program was designed by Barclay as well. I was sure Troy was in the program. And then I thought, like, I I was sure, like, she showed up as a character in the program, not as herself, like, playing. Um, and then I thought, like, who's checking up on Barclay to make sure he isn't harboring any smutty co-worker porno programs? Like, whose job is that? Because, yeah. like... His hand was slapped, and then what was the follow-up? Like, and I'm—I hope there's like a filtered a filtration system in the holodeck that if you're like, I want to do an accurate depiction of the Wild West, so you just create yourself a bunch of brothels filled with women who have sores and syphilis, <laughs> and and they'd have these people would smell that. Like how 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 much accuracy are you going for in some of these programs you're doing? Because Places were not so clean in the old days. <laughs> you gonna say that it smelled like horses and dirt, <laughs> sweat, right? Like it's like the Wild West. Like you're think about the desert of Vegas, and there's no AC and horses and puke and it's everywhere. It's not gonna smell good. You walk oh, out of there into the hallway to start yeah. your shift, and it's like go have a shower. You were just in the holodeck. I can smell it. <laughs> I was also thinking, like, what if I want a holodeck program that involves me boiling 48 eggs? I don't know. (laughs) I'm fermenting blue cheese. It's a very slow program, but I enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Did you play the egg program again? The what? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, two more (laughs) quick pieces about my feedback on this episode. (sighs) (laughs) I'm sorry. The chief engineer suggested connecting the computer to data for the first time as like a whim. And there's like no analysis of potential issues. You just go for it. Also, has this never been done or considered before? Like, what did they use Androids for? Also, Jordy said that the computer would have to be shut down or some shit for like two hours. So why is the holodeck running? Why is anything other than life support? I don't know. And then my final thought is iconic wharf smile. Oh, because it is so iconic. He's like, so. I thought he was so sexy in this episode. I'm starting to see the appeal of the program, and he's all I like know. jacked up because he gets to hurt people. I love that. I also thought it was like very like sending the wrong message, and then I was like, was I terrible. am way the fuck too sensitive. Anyway, um, so I, I, you know what? I thought it was fine. It yeah. it had just enough data for me, which turns out to be a fistful. Fistful. Oh, that name. Okay, so let's do some goofs and trivia. Yay. I'll start us off. The original title was The Good, The Bad, and The Klingon. I don't like that. I I get what they're going for. They're trying to go with the historic. Well, oh, I had no idea. I was like, I know that reference. I didn't. And you, Marconi, wrote that. I don't know what that is. Um, Uh, I would have preferred they use that title because Fistful of Data's made me not want to watch it. Because I was like, I don't want a Data episode. And it kind of wasn't. It was you know what that's a warm episode. You know what that's a play on though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Fistful of Dollars. Yeah. And then there's a few dollars more. That's why oh. like a few Data's more. That's why I That was that. very smart. Okay. <laughs> Brent Spiner had a rare treat. Getting to play other characters beyond you can't see it, but it will now treat. you can. Trick or treat. And then doing the <laughs> Alexis hand. Brent Spiner had a rare treat getting to play other characters beyond his understated data character. He rarely got to do that in this series. He has stated at many convention appearances <clears throat> that his Android character was very easy to play and he actually enjoyed playing evil lore much more. Well, yeah, lore is also cooler. <laughs> Way cooler. 
Worf has been shot in the arm. When Durango wraps her bandana around the wound, she wraps and ties it loosely rather than wrapping it tighter to help stop the bleeding. Well, yeah, because it's Counselor Troy, not Dr. Crusher. <gasps> Good one. She wouldn't know. Good point. Thank when you. playing Dodge Durango, Marina Sirtis <laughs> tried to blow smoke rings, but Michael Dorn cut her off and said, stop it. Don't be funnier than me. This is my show. That may explain why Deanna blows smoke in his face instead. Ooh. They, you know Ooh. what that means. You know Fucking what that means. play on set. Yeah. That is. I know. Okay. Patrick Stewart, out of excitement to direct this episode, got sunburn after forgetting to put on sunblock while shooting the outdoor scenes. Oh, you silly. Patrick Crusher. And trying to convince Picard to act in her play, tells him that the rehearsal is at 1.30. While she could mean 1.30 a.m., it is well established that the Enterprise Department heads, barring a crisis or emergency, operate on a schedule closer to the real world 9 to 5. If so, Crusher's rehearsal would be at 1.30 p.m., which she would have referred to as 1330. 1330 hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Say it right. Um, the first Trek episode written by Robert Hewitt Wolf, later to become a prominent writer on the soon to begin Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Deep Throat Nine. <laughs> See that when you were saying that, you know, Breaks. they say the same jokes and shit, but I love that shit. I know. That's what I show up for. Never Sir, change. Was, yeah, never change. That's life. But don't quit your day jobs. Sirtis was original written to play the dancing girl from the saloon instead of the stranger oh what a shocker that was what they were originally gonna do i'm so glad they changed it fuck no doubt although the program takes place in deadwood south dakota a map of arizona can be seen in Worf's office (laughs) maybe he's just a fan of arizona and wanted the map (laughs) yeah maybe i want to go to deadwood that's a real place i guess it is Michael Dorn's stunt double. Why did he do a stunt double for this? Rusty McLennan. They actually clear- shot him for the scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. <gasps> Rusty McLennan is clearly visible Great during name. one of the early holodeck totally scenes. Just before Worf is hit with a chair by one of Hollander's henchmen. Oh. oh well. Great job, guys. When Drango... Dodge Durango is practicing her quick draw in the sheriff's office. She fails to cock the weapon as she draws. Since most revolvers of the period were single action, the weapon would not fire as she pulls the trigger. That's too detailed. I'm not a it's, don't don't be that into it. Dive. In the establishing shot of the frontier town, the building at the left is clearly no more than a dozen feet deep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else goes a dozen feet deep? Uh, that's terrible. I don't know what you think about that one. I don't know what that means. Could it be? <laughs> um, okay, so before we go further with Theodore Skip It, I didn't put in the Theodore Skip It for the last one we did, the Frame of Mind. And I looked it up. And I have it here for us. Oh. Frame of Mind. Dan said, see it. Frank's best performance is Riker. This is one This is one of those cannot miss episodes of TNG. He really looks like he has lost his marbles. And Bill said, see it. Best Riker episode ever. Freaks just gets to unleash and do as much over the top as he wants to. And I love this episode. Very fun. Yeah, man. And now for this one, Dan says, see it. This is one of my top 10 TNG episodes. It is so fun. I love the Western music with the TNG theme, the sets, the Enterprise riding off into the sunset at the end. So much fun for me. But yeah, Alexander too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Bill said, "Skip it. I've never enjoyed this episode. I love westerns. I love Star Trek. I just don't love this." Wow. What do you say? You know what? I feel the same as Bill. Okay. Like I probably like I was semi excited when I saw it was a holodeck episode, and then I was immediately like, "Ugh, westerns." And and I think it's the western piece for me, mm-hmm. and the. Un- the unlikelihood unlikelihood it doesn't matter um the whole premise it's just off mm-hmm. skip it you i see it i think it's fun light brent does some great acting in it deanna gets to be a badass instead of a saloon girl yeah. um and a spot is great as always 
<laughs> knocked it out of the park. I did not pre-plan any would you rather's, but I'm going to come up with something right on the spot. I don't know how you do that. Would you rather do a Western holodeck with Worf and Data or do a 1930s New York crime with Barkley and Ensign Rowe? Ah, okay. Well, now you have me worried about the smells. (laughs) We're both going to be rough, really. Kind of. You know, like as much as I would want to hang out with Barkley, I think he'd get old like very quickly because he's such a doofus. And Ensign Rowe, I don't think we would get along. I have to pick the wharf one. Mm-hmm. You? I don't think we'd get along. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would choose. I would. Actually, if I was. If I was sitting in 10 forward. With both of those couples. We were having drinks. And trying to make plans for Friday night. And Worf and Data said, come join us, Sarah. We got the holodeck doing Western. And then Roe and Barkley like, no, join us. We're doing 1930s New York gangster. I'd go with the gangster because the outfits are cooler. It'd be a funner scene. And I can shoot them both and do my own thing. Right? So, yeah. I thought that as well. Like, it would be cooler and the outfits are cooler. Yeah. For the gangster one. But, yeah. Here's another question. You know how there's, like... Western is kind of one of those like shticks that is an easy to costume, easy to, it's a genre that's common, right? So if you were to like recreate a world or a style or a, what would you, what would be something you would create in the holodeck that would be where you could have these different types of scenarios, be it mysteries, romance? exercise like I don't know I've always um I've always wanted to experience sort of like the era with those huge so like dresses women with large hair Marie Antoinette yeah like Mary Antoinette but there's also vampires um so that kind of time gothic victorian gothic that's exactly it so what we do in the shadows (laughs) yes pretty much can i just go to their house yeah uh so good creepy paper it's on disney plus i've just we've started rewatching it it's so funny yeah um what else would i do man this sounds crazy but just like the coolest water slide park you can think of Mm-hmm. and i can't get burned from the sun and mm-hmm. and i don't have to walk up a really long rough concrete hill where i step on a rock mm-hmm. on my bare feet because mm-hmm. you can't bring your Not sandals good. and Not then there's good. blood and then i got to go to the front of the line down this slide <laughs> first <laughs> oh my god what would you create I know that I'd want to do a couple of different things 1960s. Like I'd love to see mm. lo- like Swing in London, Twiggy, The Beatles, like or 1960s like early Vegas, like with the Rat Pack and mm. Elvis, like that kind of style. Like I love that. Even like 60s Disneyland is just open. Like I just love that genre so much and that time, that yeah. era, the clothes, the music, the food, the everything about that mid-century moderns mid-century style so i'd probably have a world like that where you could use it for whatever you want whether it's like rides or crime or like super cheesy like the mod squad um i'd probably i mean i'd probably be the big i don't know if i I would want like the harry potter world in some way like that yeah that kind of like castles and dragons and like having to chase after like riding a broom or i don't know Chasing yeah. after witches and wizards and centaurs, Hercules, Minotaurs, yeah, ancient Greece, Merlin, Merlin. Knights, <laughs> Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, remember when Merlin was trying to calm everyone down at uh, Tournament of Kings and the <sighs> fire alarm was going off? <laughs> what is the sound? I have never heard this. <laughs> Must be the gods are angry. Fuck. That's okay. the year. That's the year I was like. 
I'm going to find out what soup this is if it kills me. And it just turned out to be <laughs> Apple's tomato soup. <laughs> oh, fuck. Everything tastes better when you've been drinking in Vegas. Um, all right. I think we've done a justice, just us for this. Just us. Um, this oh, is a long God. episode. Um, it is. So that does it. There we go. Another episode of Rewind. We hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we'd like to thank the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. There's an app for that. Uh, five-year mission, <laughs> fan sets. You listeners on Patreon. Listeners not on Patreon. Are you new to podcasts? Did you just find out about this because the Rewind business card from STLV was stuck <laughs> to the bottom of your shoe? You don't know what's just happened. You, you're so confused. You don't know what you've listened to, but you want more? Consider joining us on Patreon, where you can get a subscriber reward, like a t-shirt and pins, and links to the other, other shows that are happening. We'll be back with another TNG episode this Halloween season. I'm thinking something scary like Genesis. That's one of my favorite episodes. Ooh, that um, one's pretty. Is it too scary for Haley? No. Maybe. Maybe. All right. XOXO. Gossip Girls. <laughs>